welcome back from Cherubang. Welcome Hello. back, Michelle. Thank you. Um, How are you doing? Doing good. Um, feeling good after you know the release of our special birthday edition episode. Woo! Don't know if you tuned in in Terabang, but we recommend if you'd like to give a listen. But um, crossing crossing the the line of the whole one year anniversary of us doing this podcast feels pretty exciting. I feel kind of renewed, refreshed about entering the what next a milestone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Entering the second year now, and um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited for this year. episode. Yeah, I'm excited for this year. I just yeah, exactly like your sophomore year in school. I just feel like I have so much more wisdom and experience and I, I can still recall how we felt our very first episode that we recorded with the awkwardness of like hearing our voices and audio technical issues audio issues and like <laughs> which may or may not have gone away <laughs> thinking about our thinking about our tone and like all that we were saying and try to like stick to a flow and a time schedule and posting and all that and now it feels much more still routine. work in progress but you still know definitely yeah we found a groove i think yeah and uh and sarah bank stuff and i were talking before this episode uh just thinking about well yeah it's the second year now like what are we gonna what are we thinking about any new thing to try or you know we we created a list of fun things to explore and test out in terms of the production of the whole podcast it's like should we revisit that so yeah definitely i think a renewed energy for for me how about yourself stephanie oh absolutely i am very thankful that there are listeners out there because i gotta say i don't even want to listen to my voice (laughs) so thank you to everybody who has you know put up with us if you're new welcome glad you found us Mm -hmm. um and if you're returning then welcome back you know we're very happy to have each and every one of you um very grateful to you know have this uh position to be able to talk to my friend and uh you know walk through we'll we'll talk to your friend talk to your friends plural yeah talk to my friends plural yeah 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 you're right you're (laughs) completely right um yeah and you know we'll we'll try and bring more things to the table if we can and uh yeah let us know if you've got any suggestions yes yes let us know I we're think always that- open to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah leave a comment leave a you know give send us a tweet any send us an email anything um i think y'all the information as you all probably familiar with we post in the description of each episode it's <laughs> um, only broken record, record but i feel like it. we should yep mm-hmm. <laughs> i think for opener today uh, kind of continuing this yes. discussion of it being our second year uh, realizing how like for first-time listeners just if this is your first time or if you, if you started tuning in a few episodes ago and you're trying to still figure out what did I get myself into you know trying to figure out if it's things are maybe cryptic from our end we wanted to revisit the conversation we had in our beginning episodes a year ago about introducing the podcast what it's about what uh, uh-huh. what hold on i got it what <laughs> what about is about uh-huh. there we go there we go and you know we refer to interrobang we keep resitting interrobang interrobang and addressing interrobang what is that about and um yeah so i don't know did you, did you want to start off or 
yeah so i guess what about is about to me um the wonder and strangeness and i don't know like complexity like layers below layers and beyond layers that makes sense um of like the world and universe around us like maintaining that sense of curiosity and the the drive to like explore and talk about various concepts that i don't know you wouldn't necessarily explore in small talk conversations but like you know if you get in deep with a friend you can just Mm kind of like talk about hypotheticals you can talk about you know um different scenarios history you know explore the past present future um and just kind of like i don't know um ponder exactly i think we we like to start start out with the seed point for each episode certain topic and stephanie and i just have personal interest in a variety of things not just confined to pop culture or psychology or mathematics but sometimes it's different types of science or different historical events or really it's more of things that um come into at least for me most of the topics i come up with to suggest to stephanie are things that pop in my mind when i'm in the shower or shower thoughts are great when i'm going on a walk i'm just Mm -hmm. going on a casual walk and something i'll stumble across like today i was on a bike ride and Mm -hmm. i was behind a car and had a michigan license plate and it had Mm -hmm. dna coil on it and i was like huh intriguing what's up with michigan and dna and so like that's not i mean we can talk about that at some point about license plates would be a fun topic but like that's where it starts and so i did some research and like the person who connected and identified that dna was the storage of genetic code was born in michigan i thought they were british yeah so anyways but that's like a whole topic and so that's kind of where we get these potentially controversial (laughs) controversial but like there's that moment i have i bring it up to stephanie and i'm like this is kind of cool let's talk about license plates and like you just said stephanie well hold on let's look at the history a little bit history check Mm -hmm. understand the timeline of things and so within that, though, we do like to add these what about hypothetical questions. Those are my favorites, I think. Yeah, to bring in the kind of this element of curiosity and to make it not just a conversation between Stephanie and I, because, I mean, we do that all the time. As, as Funny. Yeah. <laughs> On record and off the record. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so Stephanie and I, we are two pals from university living in the States now um, in different parts of the United States. Um, who still keep in touch and um, yeah and so we decided to include our audience member in addressing our audience as interrobang and I know Stephanie if you want the to best that. punctuation mark ever yeah uh, it's when you see the question mark and exclamation mark collide into they're one s- symbol superimposed yeah you may have seen them in like comic book strips like when people are saying what you know, and it's like mm-hmm. equal parts excitement and also like flabbergastment, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought it was, or we thought it was a great way to convey <laughs> the uh, wonderment and curiosity and excitement, the you essence. know, um, yeah. the essence of um, what it means to be about what about. <laughs> Oh dear, this is but so leaving it verbose. kind of vague and open for anyone who's listening to kind of yes, go it's a into spirit. That, into it's a spirit to um, you know get into the mindset of 
more than anything. Mm-hmm. Enthusiastic curiosity. And so in Terabang, it's, it's the symbol you might notice um, that's after what about in the title um, of our podcast. With it's kind term. of in the middle. Well, sometimes it's, the, it's at the, both at the end when we type it out, but also on, oh, the, yes. on the, like the... I was thinking the logo. The yep, logo, right. yes. The logo, it's also kind of the the, um, the symbol in the, in the... Right now, at least, our logo is has it as a kind of a golden golden rod kind of color. Um, so it's that punctuation symbol. Um, and we thought that it was kind of neutral enough to include both a singular or plural group of people, if depending on the number of listeners for each episode. We collective. To, collective, exactly. But we want it to be also personal and not just say, not just address our listeners as listeners or audience members insert audience member here yeah yeah we wanted to be a little bit more personal and so throughout the episode we like to include you and Terabang uh, and dress you that way dress you like another chum mm -hmm. so we should have a nickname Tara in Tara you sometimes do say in Tara I feel like everyone do I perhaps I've heard it once a couple times um and yeah, so that you're also in included in Terabang. And so that's, if you're wondering why we sporadically are talking or addressing. We're really Terabang, not trying to shoehorn it in there. <laughs> we really are trying to include you in. Yeah. It's you, um, but it is by definition, the, the symbol of punctuation, but we just felt that it, it really matched what we were kind of going for. Yeah. So hopefully that and we helps. hope you feel like that too. Yes, and it's okay if you're just wanting to like quietly listen on the periphery and not be like fully in and like, yeah, I'm so exuberantly enthusiastic about yeah, this that, topic. That, it's totally fine how you want to consume this. You can, you be, can be small, doing your chores. A mini you can be bang like, of like just a little ounce of If you're listening to us on your way to sleep, that's fine too. You know, mm -hmm. sweet dreams, hope it's adventurous or chill, depending on what you need for that moment. If you've been a listener for a while, you probably would have picked up that Stephanie also vary in the level of energy we bring. Oh, it's, and it's the a type roller of energy coaster. we bring to each episode, regardless, independent of the topic. Um, <laughs> That's true. One particularly memorable one is was is it Memento Mori? Is it that one where we where mm -hmm. we just had a fit of giggles? We could not stop, and we were just that absolutely was recent, yeah. in hysterics about um, furniture. Yeah, discussing. Oh, um, that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> um you know and the topics were somewhat serious so uh yeah no it, it even we don't know how we're going to turn up to the episode recording even though we've pre-planned a specific topic so we, we we hope we don't instill or put on any pressure on you and Terbang and, and how you should be present whenever you're you know tuning in um it's totally fine if you just want to pop in for a few minutes and just say you know what these guys are gabbing too much i'm gonna just <laughs> Peace. Peace out. Or if you want to just come in and stop in, we always have our music usually mentioned at the end of each episode. Yes. If you'd rather skip towards the end portion, um, that's kind of been the format we tend to stick to. We have kind of an opener question like this, kind of a middle topic discussion, and then the ending with a music playlist of whether it's related to that middle topic or it's just what we're listening to or just anything. Um, Good tunes you can find on Spotify. Yes. And sometimes yeah, YouTube links. puts it together put together a nice playlist so that's kind of it for opening we just wanted to reintroduce the podcast and interrobang for those of you who maybe have joined kind of later on uh welcome and uh we're looking forward to yeah our sophomore season or, or year i guess um yeah yeah well what do we have today stephanie for our topic 
Today we have, it's festival season. At the time of recording, it's about July. I had to question myself there. Yes, Mid-summer. It's Mid-summer. Mid-summer. There we go. There's a whole festival, you know, wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, usually uh, this would be the time when, you know, music festivals are out and about. And I hear a lot of, you know, news about like artists I like who are touring the country or, you know, mm-hmm. Europe and, and other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time of recording, Olympics also started. So that's a different kind of like sports festival, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things going out, you know, summer is usually for Northern Hemisphere quite warm and so people want to get out of their homes obviously with coronavirus there's some limitations to Mm -hmm. that but I thought you know we could have an episode where we would just talk about you know current past present future episodes current and present yes I know redundant I'm sorry (laughs) but you know um just commemorate the various festivals that have happened in various cultures and um you know what they're commemorating so I don't mean to insert too quickly or abruptly here, but when Stephanie brought this up, this topic up to me, I was like, that's great. But I would, I was curious for myself about the etymology, not to be too pedantic here, but the etymology oh, behind, you know, festival. And then there's also fairs. And then there's things mm-hmm. like the Olympics, which I don't know if people would consider a festival. Again, all language bound for sure here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also things called retreats as well mm. um and so Seth and I before this were kind of just discussing these different I don't know meanings of these but nuances I did look up, yeah yeah nuances exactly so I did look up so you know the Olympics are like an ancient Greek competition competition but the word festival comes kind of after that it's of Latin origin um and it's mean kind of like relating to feast Beth. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And 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 joy and jubilation celebration involving a feast. Right. And feast is usually involving, you know, food, a big like a big ceremony where there's right. definitely a gathering of people, a large gathering of people. And I know anytime the- when you're not in hunger is a joy. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. Celebration of something. And sometimes it is festival has been tied to religious purposes, like around certain holidays. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, like Christmas uh, or like their summer solstice or sorry. Yes. I mean, this, yeah. Pagan. Yeah. That's kind of pagan fertility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes it's there, but it's not necessarily religious. It can be, it is by origin secular. Um, okay. In, in origin and so we did look at that and but then i was also curious what's what's fair when you go to a, like a renaissance fair to me a fair is like a group of people and they're trying to sell a variety of wares to mm-hmm. uh participants who are you know arriving um you know like at a renaissance fair you know you've got a, a bunch of people who are you know, like maybe they're selling armor or they're selling swords or, you know, they've got different specialties, mm-hmm. um, at least to the Ren Fest. So I've, yeah. I, now I realize the, the term is interchangeable in this day and age, um, but the Ren Fair, Ren Fest, uh, or like a, a maker's fair, which I think I've been to. It's like a crafts craftsperson fair, but, you know, I think the ones I've been to are more technologically based, but I've also been to a crafts fair and they make like, hand-woven things or like wood-carved things and uh there's like a bunch of different booths um involved uh what do you what do you think well i also really i should have backed up 
Mm. Sorry, back to festival. I forgot to also include, and Tebeng, you might be familiar with fiesta in the Spanish language. I think festa, for like if we're Italian. Ooh, uh, yes. Festival in, in French. So just kind of the, again, the fate to show the um, yeah. connection of um, of languages there. And yes, and Stephanie, you know, in French, F E T E with the first E having a little hat. Um, that's like party um in, in french in celebration but then yes jumping back ahead real quick to fair like you said stephanie so fair you know what i think of there's like there's three ways to spell it but in english it's most commonly is f-a-i-r but mm-hmm. i know in kind of the older language it can also be spelled as f-a-i-r-e and mm-hmm. also i've seen f-a-y-r-e um, okay. Those, those all seem to be the same in English. There is okay. a common French verb "faire," spelled F-A-I-R-E, and that means to do or to make, which okay. makes sense based on what you're describing. For instance, like what you said, the makers' fair. Yeah. Like the tech fair of like there's people actually like making, creating things that you could sell, buy, yeah. sell. Um, and it's kind of specific about that. A festival could be just celebrating something that doesn't have to involve necessarily like buying or trading or selling or anything. Yeah. It could um, just be an experience. Exactly. And then the third I was thinking of as well um, is carnival. So how... Mm. Um, carnival or carnival. Exactly. So for me growing up in the States, I would go to the carnival and there'd be carnival games like at the Mm -hmm. circus. So that's C-A-R-N-I-V-A-L. So you play carnival games, you, you know, knock down the pins at the ball, win stuff at the stuffed animals on the boardwalk, on the pier in America. And then separately is carnival, which is C-A-R-N-A-V-A-L. Okay. which would be always around Mardi Gras season. I would go visit New Orleans ah, in Louisiana okay. for Mardi Gras, which right. leads to that Tuesday. And, um, you know, before the Catholic Lent time, Lenten time before that goes before Easter. Oh, so Carnival you're saying is like around the same time as the Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras? Um, yes. It's, it's, it's in Brazil, right? It's fo- The Carnival is focused on Brazil. Like that's where the celebration. Well, that's where it's happens. quite famous, but it does okay. originate over in it's it's Catholic, so it's oh right, um, okay. It, it's biggest in its original area is is Italy. You know, oh right, with, okay. With Rome and everything, it's just cool. Kind of, I guess, more recently, the celebration that take place. Yeah, like in Rio, they have De Janeiro in Brazil is like very very big okay. in production level. But yeah, so I did look up. So Carnival is the first is the original word. Okay. Carnival with an I came after, just kind of through modernization of the word carnival. Okay. But the original is carnival with that A V A L at the end. And it is also of Latin origin in its two separate words, carne, C A R N E, which means meat. Mm, like, okay. Like carnivore. Like right, carnivorous. right. And then the second word is lavare, L-E-V-A-R-E, which means like to remove or without. Oh, interesting. So it really is like like, like, like directly in Spanish is like when you're washing, like you're taking off the dirt. So it really is like quite directly tied to Lent. Okay, that makes sense. Because put together, carne lavare would mean like removal or a farewell of meat. 
because or like rich goods yeah mm-hmm. and so it's that about a couple weeks two weeks or so period before lent starts and then you end it the last day of carnival is mardi gras where you just go all out grand finale sure of this because then the following day is ash wednesday when the 40 days of lent begin and you yes traditionally at least you abstain from eating meat and maybe also kind of make another Lenten promise to be um, abstain from another thing that's kind of associated with being like indulgent and in, in like luxurious. Like some people give up sweets like chocolate or something. Um, Sorry, I just went off on a tangent and I was just wondering about the people who choose to be vegetarian year round. Mm-hmm. They're not really giving up the meat. I mean, they've already given up the meat. Yeah, so that's why I say some people do another Lenten promise. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. Or TV or something okay. that's associated with like something they would but usually enjoy. Yeah, a treat sure. that you have. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that was what. Anyways, that whole breakdown between festival, festus, fiesta, fair. And you said, and you said, retreat was another one that you were considering. Came up. Yeah. I don't know if I really consider a retreat as part of like a festival, like the whole. Um, collective term of festival fair and all that because retreat to me is almost like vacation it's where you're kind of stepping away from your everyday life but it's kind of like more seclusive like you you're you're purposely trying to become a little bit of a hermit for a while now for me i prefer the full-time hermit lifestyle but Mm -hmm. that's just me maybe going more off grid not yeah more off grid but that's not something that you know um to me, a festival represents a lot of people coming together. And I know there's like writers retreats and like yoga retreats and all things where people do come together. But it seems to be a more quiet affair than something as flashy and brazen and uh, like in your face, I guess, as as like carnival or I feel like retreats some are also much fairs. more focused. There's like a little they're, bit less spin-off aspects of it It like an internal reflection kind of thing as opposed to look at all the sparkly lights and things you know like very specific on like on a yoga or a certain type of meditation or or there's also and then even beyond it's like intensives you know people will go on intensives which are like i don't know maybe just a different level of intensity henry david thoreau just in the wilderness for years (laughs) that would be like yeah that would be the ultimate writing retreat (sighs) oh my goodness um but again, all language bound, and this is just based on Stephanie and I's understanding and experience mm. of these things. We are not event planners by profession. So no, understanding not at that all. that could be our viewpoints could be totally off. But those are the words that came to mind for me when mm-hmm. Stephanie brought this up. But I think we wanted to kind of really focus um, on fairs and festivals. Yeah. Correctly for, so I think, Stephanie, you, you did... Your your pre episode research was about kind of different types of those events, right? Yeah, so I had the fortune, I think, of um, visiting a few fruit themed festivals, and we know that I love my random fruit trivia. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just reflecting the other day on the various fruits that I <laughs> I had visited the festivals for, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know what I think it's the reason that they were present at all is because they, you know, they were, um, the fruits were endemic is not the right word, but they were native to that region. And, you know, they seem to thrive and do well. And people tend to gather around kind of like a state or County fair, you know, where the fruit is just an excuse for people to gather. Um, but hooray for harvest time, I guess. So I think I've been to watermelon festival, an apple festival, (laughs) 
a cherry festival um and perhaps soon a potato festival <laughs> oh yeah so, you found I that recently it's not quite a fruit, but you know yeah. i'm quite excited to see Flop. if it's anything yeah. celebrating the potato or if it's just going to be an excuse for singing for and you know I, get I think gathering. those are always fun because you go like <laughs> yeah like for example like, i like watermelon it's good but you go and you discover all the different watermelon products yes or ways you can use watermelon who knew that watermelon watermelon salsa was a thing yeah not i or cream yeah. or like same for cherries for or whatever face. or potatoes you're like and but you try maybe it's an edible thing or it's like there's some or themed product about it yeah like, hey like, we huh. covered that potatoes could be used as face masks so you know any right. <laughs> the sky's the limit yeah so i always um, like going to those for that reason because you just it's kind of eye-opening them yeah okay. for sure I, oh i thought you just ate watermelon but no you can do so much with it you can do so much more um yeah. and of course they probably price gouge the fresh produce there so you're probably better off <laughs> just like experiencing it all well, sometimes I, my experience on sometimes they're when, decent. You, when you pick it yourself, it's actually quite oh, cheap. okay, yeah, it's actually very cheap. When okay, you go and they allow you to pick the fruit if it's at the actual site of the the farm, the orchard. The most whatever. recent one I d- I went to, it was absolutely um, not in shambles. Just like re- the prices were ridiculous. You could get mm. the same produce at the grocery store for a fraction of the price and with significantly like a higher quantity larger quantity so i was like okay all right maybe another time well i think it's one thing that always has interested me with festivals like like that so that would sure. be like i would imagine some especially with the more the agricultural themed mm-hmm. festivals that tend to be in smaller towns that maybe yeah. um are more rural further away from things and don't really sure. get a lot of visitors you know, it can be attractive to the town's economy to have this annual or maybe a couple weekends of a festival oh, sure. for the agricultural product to bring it in brings in the tourism, you know, tourism like revenue. attracts people. Mm-hmm. Um, they hear about, you know, this quirky little thing that's from far, you know, they hear it from far and wide. Maybe it's yeah. on TripAdvisor. Uh, exactly. So I think yeah. like there's an attraction there, but I know sometimes with all that traffic can come, but it can become a bit of a nuisance. Yes. Um, but it's almost like a necessary nuisance. But sometimes it is nice to like have yeah. people get to see where you live and whatnot. But I, I so I think of yeah. I feel like that's a very it's, interesting. It's a double edged yeah yeah because it does can bring interest and revenue to the area. But then if it's like secluded, a fragile ecosystem or something, you don't perhaps people- the visitors don't respect you know the the town as well as you do. Yeah. You know they litter the streets or you know don't take care of the place. Then it can probably. You know, yeah, overwhelm a place yeah so i also think of like the in the states here is a pretty well-known main one is, is burning man that happens um kind of like end of august early september ish kind of out in okay. the um southwestern desert um okay and it happens every year and so it brings in a lot of festival goers called burners and so it's not really in a specific town it's just called, it's in the black desert and okay because it draw, there's no like nearby big airports. You kind of have to drive to get there. I mean, you can fly to some small airports in the area, but you still have to like drive to get there and you set up your your camp, whatever camp you're in and whatnot. Um, but it is a pretty desolate part of the country. And so I always wonder if the surrounding area appreciates uh, and likes to have that huge upheaval of, of people coming sure. in every well, year. Well, I've read that 
the visitors of Burning Man, like they make it a point to clear after themselves, you know, and leave the area as respectfully as they can. Yes, so that's a nice it's, it's leave thing. The, yeah, no trace left behind kind of thing is yeah. the, the big sentiments of it. You know, I agree, but I just, I happened to drive through that area um, almost a couple of years ago when I was moving um, part of the country and um, everywhere on the road, these country roads, and sometimes it was near Indian uh, Native American reservations, you would see signs about like mm-hmm. burners come here, like for like food food trucks roadside sure. food stands or something so it's interesting rest stop, yeah rest stops and things exactly so um i think of that or i think like we have in america also like up not upstate new york but it's like southern border of new york is woodstock which is was kind of a spontaneously planned music festival in the late 60s mm-hmm. um and it was on like a farmland area but it hasn't really you know i think they they haven't really done continual festivals since then it's now like a prop privately owned farm area where they still have like small concerts and things but it's not like the same level i mean um, jenny jimmy hendrix isn't going to show up every year rest in peace yeah <laughs> you know, um right but that was kind of interesting where it can be like spontaneously announced put together well i mean every year and then even then we've got the notorious uh fire festival <laughs> which was horrendously mismanaged or you know couple different yeah poorly put together conventions planning planning logistical problems there um yeah but i think today i mean i I think you know festivals seem to have been around all the time come and gone um all all around the world for a variety of reasons like i said not always religious but oftentimes as long as people have had something to celebrate and i've got a couple that i'd like to mention yeah um i looked at like unusual quirky ones um and actually there was there is one in hong kong that is called the dragon boat festival have you heard of this michelle no but we did the we had dragon we had one where i grew up in the suburb in america yeah we had dragon boat races so the legend of that one goes like i think there was some dragon living in a river and he wanted to like eat a a man a poet who was just like because he's hungry it's hungry dragon what's he gonna do he's got to eat you know eat to survive mm-hmm. and then um i think he was like gonna eat a poet but then like somehow maybe he did maybe he didn't i can't remember um but then the next year or something they appeased the dragon by giving him rice so they just threw like clumps of rice off of the boats um and into the river and the dragon was sated with that so ever since then they have just given rice, thrown it into the river. And then they've made like these canoe races. Um, and I don't know if canoe is the right term, but it's, it's long like boats. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of long, a lot of long boats. And there's like several people, like a whole team sitting in the boat and they row. And the, the prow of the boat looks like a dragon's head. Yeah. So um, they just row and I think I forgot it's a certain distance or not, but it's just kind of funny games now tradition. But I thought that was kind of cool. No, I like that. Yeah, because I think, yeah, so we had it every year where I grew up, which was not mm-hmm. an area that had a large Chinese population necessarily, but sure. for whatever reason, it was tradition. And that was because yeah. um, there was a dragon in a lake nearby where I lived. Ah, okay. It was kind of this, like a symbol like a of, of the suburb I lived in. Okay. Um, and I think that's what the theme, and I think probably someone realized it's also a thing like, yeah, like in Hong that's Kong. That's pretty cool. And yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that is neat. That's a cool. I like that hearing that backstory of it is neat. There's there's another one which I adore, but it's it's a bit 
odd, but so is everything else. Um, <laughs> there is uh, in Gloucester, England, right? There is a cheese wheel rolling festival. Now, I'm not sure if it's technically just a competition or if it's a festival. When I looked it up, it's called a festival. So, let's so this roll is with Gloucester, that. like to the same spelling as the cheese, like the G L O U C E S C E S C E. Yeah, yeah, cluster. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so over there, you know, there's, yeah, like you said, the cheese is named after it. Um, and there are some theories that it was, um, that originated when the Romans were there, but then other theories say it started around the 1800s. Um, and they say the Romans were there because they didn't want the Romans and they were trying to, <laughs> um, you know, like throw things uh, to, you know, inhibit the Romans' progress of domination everywhere in great britain um so that's quite a an amusing tale um Mm -hmm. but so there's this really steep hill um in gloucester and uh they have these like giant wheels of cheese and i don't know if it was like more for function like in order to get it into that shape or just move it from place a to b or just entertaining but they have these giant wheels of cheese and they're like several you know uh quite heavy i don't know how many pounds but i think more than like five maybe like 10 to 14 mm-hmm. um and they just roll it down this really steep hill um and the actually it's not just like you you just let it go and let the wheel go you have to like chase after it and sometimes you know because it's so steep the wheel of cheese can get up to 70 miles an hour <laughs> so it's really a, a contest to see if you can control the cheese mm-hmm. um, as it goes down so that's kind of an eventful thing and i think in 2013 they had to uh pause using actual things of cheese and replace the cheese wheels with foam because the one person who makes all the cheese for this race um since like the 1980s was told that you know she would be under some seriously legal fines if anyone got injured mm. so they had to substitute it with uh, foam cheeses which is a little yeah. bit disappointing yeah. So then they went back to it in 2014 onwards. So I'm proud to report they're still using real cheese. So yeah, cute little story, huh? That is cute. Yeah, in the videos, I mean, kind of viewer discretion advised. It is pretty like <laughs> jarring to watch people just throwing. It's a very steep hill. It's very incredibly steep. steep. It's like and see adults oh, throwing themselves and top tumbling down. Yeah. You could probably get injured. That's how steep it is. You get really injured. Yeah. And it's quite tall hill too. Yep. Yep. Um, so fun if times. You care, if you care to check it out in Terbang, <laughs> it's definitely on, on, on YouTube or other, other platforms. I also saw one that was like a baby jumping festival <laughs> in Spain. Uh-huh. Um, and so what they do is they, it's, it's kind of like they use the babies like hurdles. <laughs> um so they line up babies uh, you know through this course and the babies are like um if if the path is like i don't know uh three four feet wide they lay four babies you know side to side across Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know like give a couple paces and then put another set of four babies across and i forgot if like the reason was to bless the baby or just entertainment um i just feel like sometimes people forget yeah, the origin, but it's just a thing on its own at that point. It's right? just a thing, you know. It's just like it's the, what you the do Pamplona with the bull run. That was also a thing that the bull was brought mm-hmm. up. But um, there's I a wife a wife carrying festival somewhere in Europe. Yeah, yeah, I read that too. 
Um, and that, but that just seems like a piggyback ride. Yeah. Right. So it's, like but, a, it's a foot race, but you carry your wife like a bit. Yeah, like it's definitely like a piggyback ride. I feel um, like Mickey yeah. Molly's. Oh, sorry. You had more. Sorry. No, go ahead. You go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I was also thinking we didn't even bring up conventions. Like, yeah. Uh, Comic Con, VidCon. Yeah. Um, which are shortened for convention. Because I feel like conventions are kind of called it because they're taking place at convention centers mm-hmm. in big cities. But um, those are also just super huge. I feel like we should definitely mention them at risk of Interrobang being like, uh, look up at this. We talk about cheese wheels, but not like Comic Con. <laughs> so yeah, we are aware. Um, I'm just not super like, I've, I've been to a few few of them but not super plugged a lot in. of gaming conventions gaming conventions um, you know those yeah. are always bring a lot of hype but i feel um, like all the festivals conventions um you know retreats even there are areas outlets for you to really embrace maybe a certain aspect of you that maybe you're not really public about or mm-hmm. it's like a side hobby whether or not in, even fairs like if you want to be like a vendor at a fair or something I think it's fun because you get to meet other people who have that common interest and you might or passion yeah or passion yeah. and you get to just spend a few days like kind of just not necessarily pretending to be someone else but just like living in that kind of um sub-identity of yourself yeah you feel and, like you can belong mm-hmm. or just discover you know even if you're not into that yet yeah if you go um, with a you friend learn more about a different it. aspect of humanity that you perhaps were not so aware of before Exactly. And I feel like now also nothing I wanted to touch on with more, you know, more modern day is how traditionally it's always been in person. Um, yeah. But now it's like to be virtual conventions. Oh, festivals. okay. I feel okay. It's, I've, I definitely have I've heard of virtual of concerts. What do you mean by virtual festivals? Is it kind of the same principle? Yeah, you'll be like in the, you'll be like in a, make a meeting room, you know, you can attend like virtual talks. So maybe you'd have like an avatar or something and you okay. can kind of move around but it's you know it's kind of similar but it's all online and, and virtual versus having to go in person to a place and just how that's just a very I feel a very different experience you're still connecting with other people in that sure community um but not in person uh, I feel like part of the joy is kind of just dressing up and um you know kind of blending in with the crazy mm-hmm. I think so, <laughs> at I least think from my so, yeah. experience you know like Usually, customarily, I wouldn't go out and wear, you know, those outrageous like festival theme clothes or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're in the festival, it's kind of fun to be like caught up in it, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there is that. So I guess if you're virtual, part of you always knows that you're kind of you know, um, when you disconnect when you sign off, you're yeah in your regular place. Exactly. But I guess it's more convenient for travel. Like you don't have to drive four hours for something yeah or if you're just not into crowds yeah that that's a fair point <laughs> you're yeah, just not right. really feeling like dealing with crowds finding yeah. parking traffic i mean can be crazy so you just log off being room. out in the sun all day i mean there's some there's some that's tough tiring. things about you don't, ha- you don't have to you don't have to rough it in the mud like glastonbury yeah yeah exactly um yeah i think i don't know i don't know if it'd be a fun question to pose but are there any I mean, they could exist, but just from our limited knowledge, you know, are there any festivals or fairs that you think would be fun to go to or know if they exist? I know I got excited, Stephanie, when you brought up the whole potato fair. I didn't know that could be a thing. Oh, yes. I love Interrobang, if you remember. I don't know if you listened to that episode. I think it was episode 
two of ours. But Steph and I both really like potato food products. I don't know if I actually like potatoes or I just like learning about potatoes and what makes them even more amazing than people would mm. usually give them credit for. I think that I like to root for the underdog. And I feel like the potatoes underdog of vegetables. <laughs> I'm sure there are more underdogs, but that's the one I'm championing. <laughs> and so I was very touched indeed to find that there is indeed a potato festival and I am, mm-hmm. you know, within driving distance of it. So I shall look forward to attending it. And I can't wait to hear how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think also, yeah. So for me, there's obvious of like, well, what are my favorite things I'd like to do? Yeah. And let's go to it. So I love sea otters. There's like a sea mm-hmm. otter fair or convention or something. Or like, well, love- there is an underwater music festival I just saw, um, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, it's in uh, Florida, in the Florida uh-huh. Keys. So I think it's like sponsored by a local radio station and they have sea themed music under like played through speakers. But there are also some people who like wear costumes and play um, instruments that are shaped like um, that are shaped like fish, like barracudas and, you know, the fins and like bassoons that are, you know, like wind instruments. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know how the sound comes out. Like if it's like the sound quality, if it's any good or if it just comes out like a gurgle of bubbles. (laughs) I still feel like that's still quite fun. That that is cool. Yeah. Cause that's another thing. It's something I'm always interested if I come across a certain kind of festival or fair of something that I'm not maybe super plugged in on. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's like you said, Stephanie, it's a great opportunity to learn about something. Mm-hmm. by going out culture the people, and people the environment yeah yeah but i don't know interrogating if anything comes to mind for you of yeah you know what about if there was a festival or something about a certain topic if something comes up uh, anything for you stephanie um i recently enjoyed like the red bull competition that they had for uh art of motion i think it's like it's there's a toss-up between the definition of parkour and free running but oh, I enjoyed okay. whatever that was this year. It was like on two boats, which mm-hmm. is a little bit unusual considering they usually have like a concrete surface that yeah. usually is just a downward trajectory, like a hill, not, mm-hmm. not a hill, but like an overall downward flow thing. But okay. this time they could go up and down and you could see like, I guess the athleticism of the people there and the spirit wow. of all the spectators. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, fun, fun to watch two hours of, I guess, virtual competition, like you said. That for me, cool. it was yeah. virtual because I was not able to go over you to. You tuned in. Yeah, that's when it's, nice when it's recorded <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's when yeah. it's cool, and you can and you can also kind of get a glance of it if you've missed it or, or whatever. I think one cool one I found recently, um, Tank Fest. Oh, what's that? It's in the UK. I forget what city. Okay. I, um, but it's at the World Tank Museum, where they have okay a bunch of really historic. Like, We're talking tanks, like army tanks. That... Army tanks. Yeah, okay. like some from like world war one and even before and so it's like a warehouse museum you can go but they have tank fest outside okay Okay. Uh, they have this like arena with like kind of like a terrain path and so some of the tanks they will actually like demo and have them go around and it's from different countries and different countries military will come in and drive them and kind of represent them okay it's somewhat like a recruiting event as well for certain military like the u.s will come british military and i whatever countries are available or interested in having uh, representatives come. But that was something I learned about recently that I think was news, Tank Fest. And I mean, 
and it was something that my friend introduced me to. And again, I'm not super plugged into tanks. I think they're super cool. I sure. Ton about it, but like seeing that something like that goes on, like if I was in the area of that world, yeah, I would probably pop in. And that reminds me, I've also been to like an art car festival, um, and mm. that was like a parade, and that was quite interesting because I thought it would be like all classic cars, you know, um, mm-hmm. like stuff you'd see from the like movies in the fifties or sixties. But no, like sometimes they would just take the skeleton of a car like you'd have axles and you have a steering wheel and wheels but then they modify everything else so like the exterior becomes like a giant shoe or like a jetsons kind of level um of like plane car thing or um you know there's there's a i think like a, a a vw bug that's like covered in pennies or you know there's some kind of everyone's got a little you know there's paper mache dragons that are covering the outside of the car so you know it doesn't even look like a car at that point anymore but you know it still has four wheels so i guess it's technically classified as an automobile um and it's just kind of seeing the different interpretations of what a car was to different people so that was really interesting that's cool yeah Yeah. that's really cool um but yeah i mean that was kind of our this week's exploration for us on on festivals and fairs um let us know what uh, what what festival would you like to um attend yeah. or exist or what stuff is around you that you know perhaps the world doesn't really know about exactly yeah a little little unknown thing for a sure corner of your universe exactly um and so transitioning now we do have some music to share it is a different vein Different vein. I can't. I don't think it's really tied to this at all. It's just separate. Yeah, I can't think of any connections, which is happens. It's fine. Um, thrilling, I think, is the theme here. Spy, <laughs> both I think it's thrilling. Spy and heist. Oh no, I meant the connection between the previous oh, the connection. One. Yes, yeah. yeah. But the, no, sorry, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you're but good. The, you're good. The music. I mean, hey, maybe there's a spy festival. Oh, I'd like, but how, but that would be so, um, like, and as far as heist in your face, I know there's a whole community about like, you know, like, um, blanking on the word decoding locks. Oh yes. Like the lock picker. Lock picking. I know that's a whole like puzzle people community there. Uh huh. But anyways, music today we have, um, you want to start out Stephanie? Yes. We have classically, you know, you got to start with James Bond. Uh, I think he's coming up to, is it like something like 50 years soon? 1963-ish? So, something like that, yeah. Maybe 60 years. But I know that a new Bond movie is about to come out in this fall, No Time mm-hmm. to Die. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd give a little homage, and we don't know which version of the James Bond song we'll put in, but we'll put it in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe a suite of like all the various iterations of the themes that have come out across throughout the years yeah um so just, I love those just, yeah just the, i just yeah. yeah those movies how they open i think it's just i don't know i feel like i feel like if you didn't know what you're in for and you heard that music it's just very bold very confident very suave it's got like kind of the jazz the horn mm-hmm. the brass smoke uh I, I started watching the... the first couple Bond movies before because I hadn't seen them before. And it's so different. Like it's it's actually kind of slow compared to 
the newer Bond movies that are all it is. about like no, the fashion, the action, was, and I remember the suaveness. When Daniel Craig came on, he just had a lot more athleticism, yes. more action packed. I mean, I remember with Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Uh, with those movies, there was definitely some really kind of high intensity action scenes, but sure. Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, whenever that was 06 or 05. It got that, back to the gritty. It was very different flavor. Yeah. I remember that was cause a big it wasn't whoop, making everything so James polished Bond community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that definitely set the I think the the bar for a lot of different other, you know, um spy related yes. movies in that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely set the tone and so uh, definitely an inspirational piece. Yeah. Um, and so next we've got similar to that vein, Mission Impossible. Another um, obvious, another obvious and must. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I also marathoned, uh, I think last year, two years ago mm-hmm. when the Mission Impossible Fallout, I think that one's nine, uh, came out. And so the original theme is by Lalo Schifrin. And it's nice, but it's it feels very 50s and 60s, you know, <laughs> like it's just kind of very laid back. Like it's trying to be cool and edgy, but the 50s and 60s had limitations, whereas uh, somehow in Mission Impossible 3, uh, Michael Giacchino came in um, as composer and he definitely took that theme, made it snappier, zazzier, very punchy, um, which I adore. I remember, I think in middle school, I had like a dance routine. And Ooh. I don't think I even told you this. No. And I am not a dance person at all. I am four limbs that are uncoordinated. <laughs> and so my friend and I were like, okay, we will do this dance, but on one condition, we must choreograph it to the Mission Impossible 3 theme song. Oh, this is like a talent show? No, it was just a standard dance class. Like we had a rotation in a fine arts program um for that year so it's oh, like you I know a quarter of the year's music a quarter of the year so, is oh, okay. um like art like drawing art and mm-hmm. another quarter of the year was like uh actual dancing art and i did not that was not my forte <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like right if we do it it's got to be cool yeah um so we we ended up with that and the dance teacher led it so that was that was great and i think we mixed in napoleon dynamite so it was kind of weird because the boys wanted <laughs> that it was very popular at the time mm, so yes. uh yeah the girls wanted the cool stuff the guys wanted the lame ones so <laughs> I like sorry themes. napoleon dynamite fans <laughs> i like the themes of for for james bond and and mission impossible because yeah there's so many movies in those series mm. and they don't i feel like they don't they don't play the exact the theme the exact same way every movie they kind no, of no it they, they, they vary they, it they twisted in a certain yeah it's always played at the beginning of the mm-hmm. intro scene of some and, the, and, you, and there's like the climax like the punchline of the intro scene and then boom cue the song coming in mm-hmm. they, it's I a little bit cheesy it. now at this point but i still love it it's so good it's so movie magic and it. wonderful but i always like how they have a they don't just press the same play button of the song that was from the first movie or whatever yes they, they do a little found ways to modernize it to make it still feel new every time yeah always in that neat and so i'm um, also going to add a youtube link to the suite for the fallout mission impossible fallout um because i love that one it's a great one to like study to or work to Mm -hmm. it's just got it's like a suite of all the the best bits of that movie so Mm -hmm. um definitely recommend that if you can uh get your way to youtube um yeah and then uh similarly in that vein another michael giacchino song the in credits 
which are the credit songs for the first Incredibles movie, which oh, yeah, is absolutely it's incredible. In credit. So spelled one word, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-T-S. Yeah. Love it. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> the pun. Very cheeky. But I love the Incredibles movie. It's great. It's a great Fallon movie. Should watch it every year. I need to get a DVD of it, actually. Oh, no, I do have a copy. Sorry. Off tangent here. Um, <laughs> but it follows, like, the Mission Impossible fame. Yeah. Uh, yes. And oh boy, I just realized so many of these are the ones that I suggested. <laughs> um, okay. Next, we've got a couple of songs by Trevor Robin. Um, uh, the first one is from National Treasure, the preparation montage. Uh, by now, it's become a trope for montages to have like music laid over it as you know people are preparing to mm. do their thing and then finally they do the thing and it's like amazing and they carry it off and whoo great um and i think the preparation montage from national treasure was the first time i'd clocked on to that being a thing oh, okay um and i just it's like a good um combination of like titillating suspenseful piano yeah there's, a, there's and, adrenaline like, you strings, can there's tension yeah. adrenaline you feel nervous. something's coming up um yeah. So I just a lot of excitement about really enjoyed mission. It. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think the songs in terms of we have in this playlist, they're they touch on different aspects of the whole idea of the spy heist, mm-hmm. the, the planning, the execution, the in-between, kind of like when mm-hmm. you're recovering aspects of the storyline. So yeah, I think this is a great song to talk about. Yeah, the right leading up to the big moment, the big mission. Mm-hmm. And then another Trevor Robbins song is from Get Smart, which I feel like is a movie that's been slept on. Um, it has Steve Carell as the main spy. It's it's a it's a take on a I think a movie from a couple decades ago. Also called series. Get Smart. Yeah, there you go. The TV like series. The 60s, I think. Yeah. And it's got Steve Carell, Anne Hathaway, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I feel like nobody talks about this anymore. Maybe this is a little bit of a cheesy movie, but the music was pretty great. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to recommend Smart Dreams, which is the opening song where Steve Carell, like you see him come into frame and he does a bunch of cool suave things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it's a great like, kind of almost patriotic sort of vibe, um, but it's just very cool. Wasn't the original series British? I can't remember. And you this could was be right. American film. So I think you that could was be right. Wonderful. It also kind of reminded me of Inspector Gadget a little bit, too. Yeah, I feel Got like the little because in the early 2000s, gadget. there was Spectre Gadget, there's like Agent Cody Banks, there was like yeah. Mission Impossible starting, and maybe it was very and much Mr. like Mr. a Bean. spy era. I mean, sorry, not Mr. Bean, Johnny English. <laughs> I mean, to say, yes, sorry. Oh, that's another one. Oh, I need to listen to the soundtrack of that. Yeah, maybe but I feel maybe like maybe Get Smart came kind of like a little bit too late. Maybe or like it, it, people were tired of the genre, perhaps. Yeah, and, um, oh, and Austin Powers. Oh, Austin Powers, yes, classic of the kind of early 2000s spoof spy yes movie, so. gotta love the spoofs um they they're done with yeah, some loving do Austin power music shake. to suggest right maybe we'll put it on later on like a bonus. i think we'll definitely be adding the Austin powers theme so yes for sure all right um and then we have lestrade the movie which is a song not an actual movie i'm sorry to disappoint but this is from Sherlock, my one of my favorite TV shows ever. My goodness, I love this. Um, and I think it's from the first episode of season three. Yeah, maybe it could be the second. I'm sorry, I'm a bad fan. It's been a while since I saw it. But it's when 
there's a very like suspenseful moment and they're trying to do this chase and figure things out um and uh lestrade who is usually the side character gets his own little like action theme song which is great (laughs) um so yeah we decided to include that in there uh and then following that oh boy it's just it really is a lot from me goodness i'm sorry (laughs) the man from uh, no actually i'm not sorry because this next one's a banger it's the whole soundtrack it's the man from uncle soundtrack now this one the music takes you on a journey it's by daniel pemberton but he's also included some very like classic songs um that are in a variety of languages i think some are like in italian some are in german i want to say and you just like uh some sound very 50s some sound you know very modern the movie's set in 1950s 1960s yeah so it's kind of i could be getting my decades and it clearly and it glamorizes that decade to really Mm -hmm. touch on how international and in worldly um, the whole mindset the spy was, and bring in the, is, yeah. the modern technology, the sleek look of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on a, a TV show as like, you know, just like yes. get smart. also mm-hmm. from around that time, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yes. So um, very sleek film. I think it was directed by Guy Ritchie It's one of my favorite films ever. Um, and the soundtrack is amazing to boot. So double plus for yes, me. It's kind of, it's very, it's kind of playful because it's, you know, there, there's, comedy in there yes um, but act is common with Guy Ritchie films but yes it's playful kind of precocious but very sleek jazzy kind of sexy I would say yeah there's a song I recognize that Cop Gear used I think it's called Take You Down um, it's like a chase song uh, like mm-hmm. they're chasing the bad guys so good stuff uh, let's see what else um, you're not a Henry oh Ca- it's your you're turn not, you're not a heavy Henry Cavill fan are you Stephanie with mentioning uh fallout and uh i mean why not or did he did do what which mission possible that fallout or ghost he did he did do he did do fallout you're right fallout he was in okay he had a mustache and actually that was the one where he had to have the mustache and so that's why justice league infamously famous cgi that that people make fun of him for yeah um i don't know if that mustache is worth it for (laughs) the mission impossible movie but it, I guess it made him look not Superman. So I guess in that, but equally, they could have just put a fake mustache on, right? Something. You know? Yeah. Um, but at that point, it might have just been politics between studios. But who am I to speculate? Uh, <laughs> on to your suggestions now, Michelle. Yes. Um, kind of still keeping in with like the seductive, more minimal jazz, kind of quieter soundtrack that's similar mm. to from the man from Uncle. Um, movie Haywire, two thousand eleven. Um, okay. Steven Soderbergh, who kind of famous directed other films such as the Oceans movies, which we'll touch on Ooh, after this. Yes. Um, but this was a spy film that featured instead of versus that that ensemble cast kind of approach. Um, it featured like a single female spy Tina okay it is one of my favorite films ever i watch it at least twice a year i'll need um, to watch it now okay yeah, really great but i really like it because it never has the it's such a different approach to other spy films that i watched of getting the mm-hmm. real full orchestra kazaz kabang like high volume you know there's associated with like the real action scenes there's yeah. a lot of action but the music is always quite softer 
It can be ah, fast paced. Okay. But okay. it's so such a relief. So it allows you as a as an audience, as a viewer, to really focus on what's on screen, which is yeah. some of the I would say without a doubt, one of some of the best fight choreography scenes ever. Because Una Carano uh, at the time, but it was recently retired from as a UFC champion, UFC fighter. Right. Okay. So there isn't stunt doubles or anything like that. It's all her. It's all, right. And with that, it differs tremendously from the other spy films I've seen in Hollywood, where they have to utilize a stunt double, and that kind of affects you know the camera cuts. Oh sure. So there's no camera cuts on most all of these. Oh wow. And okay. It's, it's great impressive. because they have a bunch of Hollywood leading men in there. Michael Fassbender, Michael Douglas, Antonio Banderas, um, Channing Tatum, Ewan McGregor. I'm missing a few, but like big names, and she just <laughs> sure. kicks all their butts, decimates them, sure. decimates them. Um, but anyways, one of my favorite films, okay. Super Jazz. I might watch it this week. I would say tonight, yeah. but I need to be responsible. But Fair that, enough. That is Haywire. Um, I recommend a few songs. I recommend the whole soundtrack to be honest it's kind of like man from uncle as stephanie scratch kind of hey i well can together. put the whole soundtrack if you want and um, i don't mind but i'll just we might do that actually because there's okay there's main theme haywire where's kenneth dublin i'm Chase, being greedy around. you Let's can get too. um yeah. but i would recommend the whole soundtrack there's short songs they go well together similar how um, man from uncle goes well together so that's haywire. Um, <laughs> yet another soundtrack or <laughs> really shoving down the throat here is ocean's 11 soundtrack like michelle said um steven sodberg but generally oh, very I'm sorry. nice i forgot to say steven oh. was the director david holmes is who did the david soundtrack for oh as a oh. credit the- if that's the same david holmes as i think it is it might be the same music guy for sherlock like all the seasons because he did it with david arnold too so uh yeah. pretty cool stuff small worlds um, but yeah, Ocean's Eleven soundtrack, kind of cool, jazzy, like elevator, hotel music, but purposeful and um, sneakily, sneakily stealthy. And uh, oh, I love it. I need to listen to it more again. Ocean's Eleven, if you don't know, is a heist movie. I think there was an original Ocean's Eleven way back a couple decades ago, not featuring George Clooney. And then George Clooney came along um and you know along his cast it was rebooted uh for 11 12 13 and then mm-hmm. uh i think there's what like a feminine reboot a female reboot for oceans eight um so that one's interesting i just looked at oceans holmes. 11 i think david is... holmes did not do sherlock did he not but this one at least that i'm um, mm. haywire okay I might be thinking of a trailer music thing that David Holmes composed that was used for a Sherlock trailer. <laughs> wow. Okay. You can tell the level of my um, passion for Sherlock if I know the trailer music. So, yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ocean's Eleven soundtrack. Cannot recommend it enough. Uh, next one is Now You See Me. Um, just the title song by Brian Tyler. Um, that one's also kind of heisty. It's a great movie. A bit cheesy, I'm sure. If you want to find holes in it, it's very easy to pick apart. But I enjoyed kind of like the flashiness of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music, the title song is great, I think. Um, and similarly, in that vein, it's very like suspenseful. Um, Mind Heist by Zach Hemsey. Um, And I think, wasn't that used for the Inception, Inception trailer. trailer soundtrack, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
and that was about 2010 right and i don't think anybody yeah. had thought of presenting some anything like inception before that had they like what do you mean? i feel like christopher nolan broke a few cinematic barriers with that movie the trailer well it was just uh, so mind-blowing at the not time with mind heist but there i i forgot the small music company um, but another trailer, I think maybe one of the first shows from Inception, where it just has this simple, just like the blaring horn, and it cuts to black. It alternates between yeah, it alternates between cutting from black to like showing a short scene snippet. Yeah, like a slowly, flicker to slowly build up anticipation, and then the end, then like the the title pops up. Yeah, that I remember really changed the game for trailer. I think it trailers. like it had it had slow motion when you know they were like slowing down the time. It had uh, like dimension mm-hmm. distortion where like paris kind of bends the up at a right over. angle yeah 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 and you just everyone was like you were can watching. do that and cgi because before what was going cgi on. was like you could mission have impossible. a green screen yeah mission impossible you could have you know Superhero like films pop up and like sunglasses mm-hmm. and like words but it wasn't well we had avatar already at that time did we mm-hmm. yeah oh we okay have, but just it's, it was detail. a different level, yeah. Very detailed. It yeah. wasn't just vibrancy. It was. It was also... very real because it was hyper realistic. Yes, I think like because Avatar is a different planet. Star Wars. It's Star told Trek. like a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah, but this it was hyper realistic. I think was what really stood out. So it got confusing. So that gets memorable points for us, which is suitable considering it's a mind heist. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, another heisty song is Zooster's Breakout, also um, by Hans Zimmer. Well, this also one is... by. Um, okay, but, sorry. But he did, I was he did the music Inception for Inception. Yeah, yeah, there you and go. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he did, uh, or I don't know what the sequence was, but he did Madagascar, um, the first. Well, I don't know if he did the second or third movies, but he definitely did the first movie. And uh, it's it's a fun, as it implies, the Zoosters are breaking out of the, um, the zoo. Is it Bronx Zoo? Yeah, one of the, it's in New York. It's in New York. Yeah, so maybe it is a Bronx Zoo. So. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's a fun tune. Um, the penguins get to have fun. The other line, and I forgot all the characters, but the zebra, they're having a great time. Zebra, giraffe. hippo, Melman the giraffe. Yes, but it's uh, um, it's really it's pretty fast paced because they they've already planned, but they're they're going. They're just executing. They're, they're executing go. how to yeah, how to break out of of the zoo and saw through the bars and you know sneak out at the dark of you know in the dark of night yes um so that's a great one and then uh spy kids since we're going on kind of like a trip down nostalgia lane couple yes um, i think this whole makes we have i guess more adult spy films but there's also been some that are specific for children audiences like incredibles yeah. madagascar now we have spy kids i think spy kids one was the first time i saw like a proper spy i still consider it a proper spy movie okay, okay. don't attack me um, not that you weren't but um <laughs> yeah so i i only listened to a brief snippet of the soundtrack but i liked what i heard <laughs> and i remember it being quite decent so um and you had put spy go around so we'll definitely put that one in yeah, I think we were thinking. So I, I also perceptively suggested, like, don't forget Spy Kids. I was like, really? That's why I started listening to, to the soundtrack before this episode. And I personally felt that a lot of them are just basically like over the top Spanish guitar music, like Puss in Boots from Shrek, because Antonio I love is it. in the film. And so he shows up. So it doesn't really feel very. Come spy. on. We're putting like Austin Powers and all that stuff in. Austin so. Powers theme? Um, yeah, you know, 
and we're, we're putting like a bunch of other th- see i think it's it fits in that you know parody <laughs> p- category if anything yeah so yeah so. again it's in that, it's in that <laughs> early 2000s comedic sure sci- like it knows it's a little bit cheesy but it's okay to roll with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so endearing um and then i think another Europe. kid's film yeah touch on from the despicable me movie series this is from the third movie um i haven't really seen the full film but um <laughs> i know it was kind of a famous scene that i stumbled across <laughs> yeah okay uh it's it's it, it uses the actual original song bad by michael jackson Ooh, it's a fun song. scene because i feel like there's moments where i feel like movies just slap on a famous song like that and just kind of play it over sometimes it's done badly yeah, but the but times it's done well. This one was done well because it has where the one of the I think the villain of the movie Balthazar Brat. I had to double check that, um, but he's breaking in to steal, I think as usual, some famous jewelry item, expensive sure. jewelry item. He so he's torpedoes and breaks into a, like a ship or something. But the song is going on, but he actually like the character like presses play within the movie. So he's oh, aware okay. of the song. I think he has like earbuds in or something to make it okay. actually like feasible. So he's okay. dancing as he's he's incorporates his dancing with his break in moves. Okay. Like, to sleep in. Like so he like moonwalks, you know, discreetly past security guards and stuff. So that's nice. Um I like it when they incorporate it. So they incorporate um, it, smoothly it was into done it. well versus just slapping on the catchy popular song like that. Yeah. Fair enough good good stuff um and then we have um kind of just two more at the end here um it's a song by the group um actually no i do want to back up real quick i think mm-hmm. stephanie there you just came across one I, sorry and we are we worked hard on this playlist but as we're talking we're thinking of other things we're revising yeah live um, yeah, I just thought of another one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The Pink Panther theme by Henry Mancini. What a classic. Yeah, you know. for the classic. We will put that in. Um, yes, somewhere. We'll put it in a certain order in this on the Spotify playlist, but absolutely. One of my favorite, I, I, I play the piano for my favorite the mm-hmm. piano because you really feel like a sneaky little, like, I don't know, what, what, the way your fingers yeah, definitely. go, you feel like you're the kid. You feel like kind of sneaking around. Mm-hmm. walking around stylistically trying to camouflage with the wallpaper um yeah yeah and yeah good times yeah um thanks for remembering that i would have been but i would not have <laughs> slept well tonight knowing we had just forgotten that the i'm sure there's a lot more that we've forgotten and i know but i feel like in Terabang, critical i'm i'm anticipating that you're still going to call us out on like the obvious ones we missed please um, let us know it's because we want to expand yeah. this list yes. there are so many good so many spy heist movies and songs that we are probably missing exactly a good catch there stephanie um uh so kind of towards the end here we have um by the group yayasayer rome um this one kind of ties to your story you had stephanie with um the mission impossible thing where you actually did Mm. a, a school performance um i i did a contemporary dance piece for a showcase i think it was in high okay. school to the song but the performance was that we were feeling it was a heist oh nice in the choreography so we had like we're kind of like jazzy it's kind of jazz contemporary okay um but it's kind of yeah again that kind of fast-paced um i don't know what the 
with a instrument is it's like a shaker you can kind of hear um and okay. it's like okay. baritone kind of baritone kind of sound to it and it, it, the image the story that comes to mind is like you're trying to break in and you maybe you have the item and it's kind of this we're trying to you know sneak behind and hide behind columns and stuff away i think from we like did that too security. for our things yeah we were trying yeah, to hide so you're kind of like dipping and diving yeah. and jumping over under things to to make it to your getaway car nice which is fun and i think i like that and that's because my teacher picked that song. Oh, she picked it. Okay. She picked it because she was uh, inspired by <laughs> the famous scene that we're ending off here um, from the movie Thomas Crown Affair. We will definitely ah. be linking this in the YouTube video, but she had us watch this scene All right. to study and encapsulate kind of the vibe of it. Okay. And so, um, but in that movie, Thomas Crown Affair, and kind of the climax scene where he does break into the art museum and uh, returns the painting. Nina Simone's Sinner Man is, is playing in the background. Mm, and what so, a great song. Great song. Uh, I know, Stephanie, you have a reference for that as well. But it was, again, a personal memory for me of this piece we did for the song Rome by Yesair. But we had to research this uh, really great scene that's just choreographed so, so well um, in the Thomas Crown Affair movie, Sinner Man by Nina Simone. Uh, yeah, and to that effect, uh, it was also used in Sherlock once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was <laughs> series two, episode three, when Moriarty's going to trial. Um, great suspenseful bit. You don't know what's going to come next. Mm. Um, and it's it's kind of like, I guess, Moriarty at that point is symbolizing the devil. Um, and you don't know if he's going to get off or not, or like what what's under his like greasy palms and how he's going to get out. Um, mm. if he is so yeah I, I thought that was a quite fitting uh, choice of song for that particular moment as well yeah 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 I don't know uh, what the intent of the song was Benina Simone but it yeah was used in these kind of really big moments in, in film powerful even. yeah yeah that kind of gave you without you know there being an explicit script around it it told you a lot about that character that moment definitely it, it gave you a little bit more depth to what was going on mm-hmm, the tension mm-hmm. in the room um the stakes so i enjoyed that that was yeah. a good choice yep yeah and i always like when it's in different things that are kind of different times or whatever you can kind of yeah. connect them like that it's always fun uh well in surveying i know we went quite a bit over time i'm sorry we got excited with this playlist um but we hope you enjoyed it this episode uh first episode of our second year um yeah and like we said give us any suggestions you have for songs that we may have missed and we apologize in advance for that um but email is uh what about dot the podcast at gmail.com if you want to reach us there uh, mm-hmm. po- uh twitter is what about underscore cast um and what 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 is our <laughs> Spotify. I think if you just look up what about dot 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 and then like copy paste in a terabang from Wikipedia or something, you'll find our podcast on Spotify yeah. and our playlists that also go with each episode. Yes. Um it's all there. And it's the always playlist. in the description of the episode whenever we post. So yes, that too. So you don't have to Write go it down or individual. Anything. Yeah. We'll yeah. include it for you. But yeah, if you want to listen to this music, uh feeling a little mischievous. Um, oh yes good word a little um like you're on your way to do something that maybe you shouldn't be nothing too bad of course 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> maybe you that. are on your way to your, you know, spy heist festival, festival. fair of your own. Exactly. But thanks for joining us. We look forward to the next time. Stephanie, take Ciao. care. Ciao. Yeah, you too. And uh, signing off for now. <laughs>